0: Good afternoon. It is 2 p.m. on Saturday, June the 27th. I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the weekly podcast covering people, politics, and professions. I'd like to thank you very much for joining us again this week and back as my co-moderators are Leonard Davis and Warren Harper Jr. And we look forward to a very spirited discussion. Uh, One of the first things I wanted to get off uh, my chest was last week we did a show um, and— I showed a video of a young lady talking about a um, protest and pardon me. And I gave a quote and the quote was incorrect. And so I want to correct it um, and give you the the proper quote and, and and give you a little bit of background about the, the, the quote itself. Um, So first off, I apologize for um, butchering the quote and Uh, I'm gonna make the correction here. So the quote goes, if you never heal from what hurt you, you'll bleed on people that didn't cut you. And what I was trying to say was that blacks in this society have been done a great wrong and there's still a lot of hurt in our community. And because of that hurt, we may do things that may be harmful to people who are our allies who have helped us in our struggles, Uh, though we may feel that no one helped us in our struggles. There were people that helped um, in our struggles. And so we have to be more conscientious about how we um, emerge from the current situation where things are starting to change. And hopefully we're going to make gains uh, regarding black um, citizens Participation in our society. Now the quote, um, I did so. I did some research. I went back, and the, the quote was um, originally on a, uh, not originally was. I found the quote on, on another site, um, and then I found a person who um, was on LinkedIn, a Gabenga Adebambo, um, who. I don't think he originated the quote, but he was the first instance of the quote that I was able to see. Um, So I'm going to attribute it to at least a writing that he um, put out on on LinkedIn. Um, He is uh, Africa's number one youth empowerment coach, a leadership guru, at-risk youth specialist, uh, entrepreneurs coach, and a relationship expert. And from his post so in in putting forth the 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 quote he said i once heard and then he listed listed the quote so that's why i'm not thinking he's the originator of the quote but at least he was the first instance i saw the quote um on the internet um so from that article um he talks about it's important to remember that frequently hurt people oh i'm sorry It's important to remember that frequently people hurt us because they are in pain or hurting in some way. Hurting people hurt people. Sooner or later, someone will hurt you. There is no avoiding this. It will happen. However, more often than not, people won't hurt you intentionally. The moment you recognize this is the moment you can act with compassion rather than in anger or in another way that could aggravate the situation further. The most empowering thing about hurt is getting over it to live a fulfilling life. And so what I wanna say is, um, slavery was an intentional act. There's no two ways about it. And while I feel that certain aspects of his statement about hurt didn't fully apply, I do think that we as a community need to heal first um, before taking pro before taking some actions in order to um, resolve our hurt so make sure that we are not just striking out in anger or in retribution in order to achieve a better society so hopefully we can do that And I thank you for taking the time to listen to me and I hope you keep coming back. I also want to mention, normally I mentioned earlier that I take July off. I take the full month of July and half of August off for the summer. Um, But my two um, partners in crime uh, decided that they want to work through the summer. So um, we will do that. And uh, so we will continue to podcast throughout the summer. Also, I have mentioned twice before that Kim Ferguson was going to come on and she's a um, um, a social worker. And she's going to talk about. um, Oh, I forgot the topic now. Um, Yeah, she's going to talk about mental health. And so um, we had to move her back. That That is why this show is happening this week and we do expect to have her on on the 4th of July and if we have to move it back we will move back again. Um, well, I do think that this is going to be a worthwhile topic and I look forward to having her on and I'm sure you want to be here for that because it should be a great show. Welcome to Altitude,
1: altitude. adjustment. adjustment.
0: Alrighty, I wanna thank um my guys here. What happened to my link? Hold on.
2: Computer wanna have a mind of its own today. <laughs> I
0: don't know. The chat room just went away. Oh, I was gonna God. say what happened to the music. <laughs> well the music hey. ended. That was that was the end of that. So Okay. Okay, hold on.
2: It <laughs> It must be the music. It must be the music. Oh, the music. Don't
1: stop! Stop! Don't stop! Oh, you gotta be <laughs> kidding me! Don't you man. stop the music? <laughs> hey, don't get us singing, man. Everybody be running away. <laughs> well, I'll be
2: doggone.
0: Hold on. Somehow, somehow, um, OBS has lost the ability to see the chat room. So right now all we have is you guys' voice. Oh wow. Okay. And I'm going to take a second to try to get that back. I'm guessing the only thing that I can do is restart OBS. Yeah.
2: yeah. Organic brain syndrome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alrighty, don't 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 pick on the help.
2: I'm not picking on the help.
0: Don't pick on the help.
2: In my in my former pro, in my former profession, that's what we call uh, mental health cause, organic brain syndrome. And so we, well we went out there; with, those people needed help, and we went out there to help the people.
1: Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So was under a regular nine one one call? Yeah.
2: They call nine one one and say we you know the people would say I guess they tell the dispatch we have somebody that needs your help. They're yeah. acting this way, they're acting that way, or they'll call and say, I'm hearing voices. We had a guy that used to come to the engine house and knock on the door. I ran out of my medication and I'm hearing voices.
0: Hmm. Okay, so I tell you what we're gonna do. We're not gonna we're not gonna okay. blow off the, the uh, podcast. We're just gonna do you guys' voices. So my face will be okay. the only face on the screen. We're still gonna have the discussion. The disappointment here is that um, we were going to try today to um, have you know people come in and join the discussion uh, and join the video chat. Uh, we were going to try that for the, the first time. Uh, the, the idea of the podcast was to be interactive, to have the listener, to be able to call in and be able to participate in the discussion and, okay. um, uh, participate in the discussion and, you know, uh, sh- show their video or whatever. So, um, if you look on, well, I, I just took it off, but I'll put it back on the screen. Um, So you'll see the link at the bottom of the screen where it says "Join the discussion." If you, at some point, decide you want yes. to join the discussion, you can uh, type that link into a browser or, or into your phone. Um, uh, trying to think, yeah, you can you can type it into your hmm yeah you can type it into your browser yeah because normally I would send the link in uh, an email or in a uh, Facebook message, and then you could click on it, and it would bring you right into the window. But um, the way it stands now, you'd have to type it in. So anyway, if you want to participate in the discussion, um, you can do it that way. And so right now, we'll get started with the discussion. And go ahead. Did you want to say something?
2: Oh, no. I was chat window is not active.
0: The chat window is still active, yes. They should if you can go to you can go to uh the live stream page and join the discussion using chat that way. Um or you can yeah. Since I'm streaming to Facebook.
1: Well, um, I'm looking at it.
0: You looking at it, the stream? Okay. Yeah, I see, see down in the down in the lower left hand corner, look like a couple people started chatting already. Oh, that's, that's one, um, that, that one, the first one is the setup. So, so okay. when you start the chat, or when you start the stream, it automatically gives you that. And the second one, I put in the link to join the chat because we're using okay. Facebook rooms. Um, and so okay. Facebook rooms, um, allows us a certain level of control over who's in the room, uh, by controlling who has the link um, and it doesn't give us all of the control that we want. And um, hopefully, you know, we'll graduate to zoom or something where we have a lot more control over who comes and goes into our meetings. But right now we're just going to give it a shot. We want people to be able to, to comment uh, and join the discussion. And then we'll try to work out the logistics as far as the video next time. And maybe there might be a better way to accomplish this. But right now, so we're going to get started with today's show. After all of all of that discussion, <laughs> one of the articles that I ran across, um, which I thought was uh, it, a great place to at least start the discussion, was in a Slate article on Slate.com by Allison Green. And the title of the article is, There is One Major Reason Remote Work Can Go horribly wrong. Um, From the article, all of this could be fixed. So she states that one of the basic problems uh, considered with working from home is that management has considered that uh, people are, that they can't control people's behavior with people being at home. Now, the ability to work from home as far as technology has been available since the early I want to say middle to late 70s, maybe close to the 80s, when computers really became uh, a, pretty much a staple in the office. And um, so so why did it take this long for us to, in a, in a, a pandemic, before we started seeing working from home as a viable uh, form of, of, of getting work done. And you guys can and chime in anytime you want. I'll just talk until you decide that you want to join me in the discussion. But from the well, article- I've read, yeah,
2: i read that same article and you got a lot of these bosses, supervisors that are control freaks. And it's a lot harder for them to exactly. control their employees or underlings' output and work output from home than it is if they're there. You get a lot of people that become bosses and employees because they are insecure about themselves and they feel they have to go to work and take it out on employees and um, their underlings for lack of a better term and just just act stupid with them to take it out on them
0: so so here's my thought okay um most jobs have you have a certain amount of productivity that you have to do so your work whatever work you produce you're producing it so someone else can do their bit to continue the production. So, um, if you are a uh, call center person, you take mm-hmm. notes and information from the people that you talk to, and then you pass it on to the different departments in your company that then okay. use that information to do whatever they have to do. So, if if it's the finance department and you talk to a customer about why they didn't, you know, wasn't able to make their bill or if you talk to the customer about uh, the, a problem that they're having with their equipment that they've rented from you or bought from you, you you pass that information on and then the, the proper department um, then takes that information and works with it to help as a, as a team responsibility and everybody working together to make the customer happy and to get things done and become productive as a company. So. So some work that you have to do, a lot of work that you have to do is time sensitive. It means it, it has to be done at, at a, an appropriate time so that mm-hmm. the next department can get it in an appropriate time so that you can resolve a situation that day or as soon as possible. Then there's a lot of yes. work that isn't time sensitive, that isn't connected to having to be done right this minute. And, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: my issue is a lot of people work. I'm a night person. I get most of the things done I want done at night. Um, and if you give me work and I know it needs to be done for tomorrow, if I get it done by midnight, if I get it done by 4 a.m., and you get it, I still fulfilled my obligation and giving you the work so that the next department can go on and do what they need to do in an appropriate amount of time. So,
1: okay.
0: so, I have an issue with a manager who walks by a desk, sees an employee searching for, you know, baby items or, or whatever. And they want to get into that employee, you know, that's not work-related, stop whatever you're doing, and because you're here for eight hours, you know, do my work, and just, you know, even though the work that you, I'm asking you to do could be done tomorrow, it could be done, you know, a week from now, and it's not absolutely necessary that it gets done uh, today, I just want you to look busy. You know, I want you to uh, to look like you're doing company work, even if you're not doing company work. And I think that's unproductive. I think it's unproductive for the employee. I think it's unproductive for the company, and and nobody benefits. That it's unproductive for even the the employee or the um, um, customers of the company. Nobody benefits by that behavior, and yet it's it's constantly reinforced.
1: So, right. go ahead. Well, I, I think it, it all boils down to the mindset of the uh, management. You know, mm-hmm. management has this um, very control oriented attitude and they want things done a certain way, within a certain time, frame, in a certain order. If they don't see that, then they can't go into a panic. They feel like they're not control so uh that i think that's the biggest part of the reason there needs to be a way in those situations where you say uh it doesn't necessarily have to be done like in that time frame it might be able to be done the next day so then how do they judge that that, that what's being done they don't see it you know, during the monitoring time What whatever they have to really uh take a broader look at at the customers uh at the employees work habits um their history and what what they're really doing as opposed to what they're going to see at that moment if they see a the kid you know in the background or see them doing something that's not work related it just they have to be a lot more flexible in how they uh analyze things think
0: well so so like you were saying um that they don't know what the employee is doing at every second. And here's my my thought. Um, It's very rarely that an employee's work is not acted upon by another person or another employee. So if you have work that you need to get done by a certain time frame, some other employee is going to complain because I don't have what I need to get my job done. So that means this person over here didn't deliver for me what was necessary in order for me to get my job done. And so if management is pushing people to look busy, then they're defeating the purpose of getting work done because, go ahead.
2: One of the way you one of the ways you defeat that you have to give your employees goals of what needs to be done like all the time in sales they give you sales goals what whether or not it's good to give goals to meet or not you give them goals you give them expectations of what to meet uh like for example mm-hmm. when I was still working as a firefighter and I take my company as a captain. I'm told to go to a specific sector of the building and get certain objectives done by the battalion chief. And he may ask me, say, he may tell me, say, Davis, Captain Davis, call me back on the radio and let me know when you got this done. So I call him back and let him know I did A, Y, A, B, C, and D. And so he may say, well, go over to the next sector and help. Company B get these things done and it's all to set a specific time period to make sure all the tasks get done. so as each company fills out what they're supposed to do, they report back to the incident commander whether it's the battalion chief or the deputy chief or whatever and say, okay this is done we did the secondary search in this area, we didn't find anybody. Or we found two victims and we need emergency medical services here. So you're letting your supervisors and managers know this work was done and this is what it has to be, or you know, your boss needs to say, instead of just everybody look busy, here's what I expect for you today from what do we define as work from home?
0: I I I understand what you're saying, and yes, that's 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 what I'm saying is that people know what job the job that they're they're being asked to do. And your battalion chief commander comes to you and says, "Davis, I need you to go to engine house eight, uh, help them with their inventory, and report back to me." Right. He says, "I need that done." by Wednesday. It is Monday. Right. It it's Monday. He's asking you for that report by Wednesday. Right. Um the the engine house 7, which I think is the house number I use. But anyway, where you're supposed to go and help is open 24 hours a day. And um it is easier for you because you're a night person it is easier for you plus the engine house is quiet at night and it's easier for the person that you're going to be working with to do the inventory to do it at 7 p.m you were supposed to get off at 4 p.m okay so you go at 7 or 8 p.m um and so our, our, uh, he tells you this at at noon so at one at one o'clock you're like I'm going at seven, so I'm not going to worry about it. But he comes back and starts, you know, giving, you know, you're not being busy. You're not doing something. You don't have anything else that you have to do or you or whatever it is that you've got to do. You're going to get it done at a later time. And it's it's going to be better for you. It's going to it's going to make the work easier for you. It's going to make what you're doing easier. But they're insisting on you looking busy for the sake of looking busy. Do you understand what I'm saying?
2: I understand what you're saying. uh, I've been in that situation. Sure. I used to have a day off job and where the manager was like that. We had an area manager come in Mm -hmm. and he was just like that, you couldn't mm-hmm. speak to him. Mm-hmm. Y'all couldn't speak with each other. He jump on he jump on your tail because I just think he was an unhappy person. Okay. But it's just like when customers in the store, we're handling the customers. We're doing this. We're doing that. You want me now to go find extra work mm-hmm. just for the sake of looking look busy. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm in a retail operation, there are some things I can do if they're done. And I still got no customers. No, I'm not gonna look busy, just look busy. Uh gimme, you know, give me now since you gotta have work for me to do, you have work for me to do. But get off my back. And then you're gonna piss off good employees by treating them as
0: that you don't trust delinquent, them. So that speak. you don't trust them. Right. That you don't believe you know, trust their judgment you- to get things done.
2: That's what you said as a boss, and I gotta have things that show that I'm trying to get things done. I gotta be watching over you the whole time you're supposed to be working, mm-hmm. and this time and the other. So you got to you got to know your employees. So if I send this group home, I know they're gonna get the stuff done. They're gonna get it back to me. So the other people can get their jobs done. These guys I know are goof offs. They'll play off, so I gotta ride them to get stuff done. So when I'm sending people home, as far as work from home and get stuff done, these are people, this group over here, I'm reasonably sure will get it done. This group won't, so maybe I don't give them work to do at home. I provide a separate space for them to work in where not a lot of people coming, and they work in mass and, you know, because we're talking about doing this under a pandemic. There's certain people I can do and certain people I can't. And as a manager, a boss, whatever, it's up to you to know your employees who will get stuff done and who won't.
0: Yeah. Well, go ahead. So, so, <clears throat> so, We have micromanagers. It is study after study, uh, paper after paper, article after article, uh, statement after statement says micromanagement is counterproductive. And yet, micromanaging tends to be the prevailing method of trying to get things done. If I walk past your desk, I walk past your right. desk and you're on Google doing a search for joke of the day. Right. Okay. And I go, you got your work done? Right. And I am, I am at that point being counterproductive. Because at some point during the year, they've had a review.
2: Uh
0: you know their work productivity, you know their output, you know if they're a good employee or not. And to go and challenge their use of time says more about you as a manager than it does about them as an employee. I agree with that.
2: Well, unfortunately, what happens As a manager, if the boss is over, you are constantly hollering production. And you got to micromanage these people. You got to get on their back to save your job. That's what you're going to do. You're going to micromanage
0: or, but that's just it. If you're talking about a micromanager creating another micromanager. And, and that's what we have. For example,
2: if I got something where I'm doing marketing. If I got a cold call salesperson and that's all he found he or she found experience before doing cold call sales. They all they had to do was we found we found success here, here, and here. Every time you put them in a the sales position, no matter what to say, you're gonna go back to that cold call settlement. Because that's what you know, that's what you've seen work. And you and you're gonna repeat that. You're gonna you're gonna constantly repeat it, no matter what's being said, no matter who the boss is, unless they come in and give you and give you some uh, spanking, some type of spanking for doing that, so to speak, for lack of a better term. Right. Whatever they found success in doing before, that's what they're gonna be. And if they found any success in micromanaging,
0: hey, I made it from a well, worker you're, you're, to a
2: supervisor, micromanagement, and now to a
0: manager. Micromanagement doesn't have success. The work is going to get done. That's because whether you micromanage or not, the work is going to get done. Micromanagement is counterproductive. In every situation, there is there is no situation where micromanagement is productive. It betters the situation because nobody likes to be micromanaged. Nobody likes to have every moment of their day oversaw by someone else who doesn't know what's going on. Most of the time, the people micromanaging doesn't know your job as well as you do. And the reason that they're micromanaging is because they don't know your job as well as you do. They don't know why you're not that why, why you have the time to be on Google and they're not going to take the time to know because their management and all they can start uh, and, and they can say, look busy and that's counterproductive because you as an employee, Need something. The whole reason you're on Google is because you probably need something in your life to make your life better so that coming to work is easier for you. So giving you five or 10 minutes or 20 minutes to depend on Google actually helps you get to work to do your job. Micromanaging then causes you to have to pack getting into Google into the time between you getting home and trying to get dinner ready. When if they had allowed you to do what you did that afternoon and and order what you needed to order and move on, you would be in a much better situation. You'd be a happier employee.
1: Hmm. That's a very interesting take on that. Just let them get that Google out of the way and go ahead and do their job, huh? And let them
0: do their job. So so because of micromanaging, companies with several hundred employees have a building. They have to buy uh, building space. They have to pay for the land. They have to pay to, for office, office design. They have to pay for phone systems, et cetera, on and on and on to house these several hundred employees, when probably more than half of them can work from home, cut the cost to the company, productivity goes up because it has been shown that people who work from home usually work harder or better because they fit things into their life rather than fitting life into things. And yet, We continue to use micromanagement as the method of trying to get stuff done, regardless of how inefficient it is.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, since the pandemic, uh, more and more people are working from home now. And perhaps... uh, managers, companies will see that that this is productive and things may change. And and there's where, so you heard that, I think you listened to that. Um,
0: so in doing research for this, there was a, an NPR article that had a, a four minute audio clip. I think you listened to that, right?
1: Yeah. Did yeah, you get right, a chance to listen right. to
0: it, Leonard? I did not. Okay. In the audio clip, What they Mm -hmm. talked about was how companies are installing software on computers that they send home to spy Mm -hmm. on what people are doing on those computers. So in other words, Mm -hmm. they've extended micromanaging to your home. Mm -hmm. This unproductive, Poor management style. They find a way to micromanage. Even you working from home. Mm -hmm. So so working from home. Then doesn't become the benefit. To the people what doesn't become the full benefit to the people that it is extended to. Because they're still under the same. Threat of behavior. Regardless of where they're at, which is counterproductive, in the first place. Yes.
2: So, but they, but they keep, still keep thinking, this is the way to do stuff. This is the way to get stuff done, and then it the deals, and, and also, is personal personal, uh, things get in there. I just need to be on people. I just need to make people feel bad because I'm unhappy in life. If I'm a supervisor at work, I get to do that. I agree. And especially when I know a bunch of people need their jobs and need to work. I, I, I'm just going to do it now. They, they, they're going to quit and go away and you end up hearing about somebody going into an office building and shooting up 20, 30, 40 people, uh,
1: going postal.
2: That was a topic okay, for another
1: show. That's, <laughs> right. the top, I that's a wasn't, topic. I wouldn't even, for show.
2: To touch, I wasn't even for the touch that, okay. but it's, it's just about, it's just about they just, It's leave these people alone and let them get their job done. Now, if you're not getting work done, if you're unproductive, okay, then as a boss, I got to come to you and say, what's going on? Find out what's going on. Why are you unproductive? That's what a manager does.
0: A manager's responsibility is to provide whatever tools are necessary to make people productive. If you're
2: getting the work done that we need you to get done,
0: then why am I bothering you? Why am I bothering you? Uh, yeah, exactly. Why, why am I bothering you? If you're doing what you're supposed to, if you're doing, if you're getting the work done. So so if you're getting the work done and I notice that um, for two hours every day, you are surfing the internet, then that says either you are super efficient And I can give you more or I need to look harder at making sure that your results are, that you aren't hiding work.
1: Right. Yeah. But
0: walking by your desk and going, Hmm, surfing the internet. Is that all you got to do today? Is not going to change your efficiency level. Not one iota. Micromanaging is not going to change that one iota. And yet. It's constantly used. We have reached our time. I want to thank you very much for joining me this evening. You guys got anything you want to uh, add before we head off?
1: I'm just curious as to which particular companies or which type of companies are using this software. You know how how widespread is it? Mm, that that.
0: So yeah. I can can understand that. For me, um, micromanagement makes life so much more difficult because each one of us brings different skills and abilities to our jobs. And micromanaging trashes all of that. It doesn't allow for um, unique and interesting ideas. It it crushes creativity. It crushes individuality, and it turns everybody into robots, basically. If you're not, you know, doing this constantly, doing something, typing on the mm-hmm. keyboard, you know, looking at something that is company related then you're not considered productive. And that's incorrect. I, I think it's incorrect. You know, you a lot of times you have to, you have a, a one hour lunch and then you try to cram into one hour, one hour lunch, four or five different things that you need to get done mm-hmm. to make life easier and better for you to get to work. Because, you know, uh, when you worked that uh, nine to five or whatever you worked, uh, when you left work, you had to, you had to go home. um, You had to wash your clothes, get prepared to go to work. The next day you had to, you know, uh, uh, another two hours of your day was spent preparing to go back to work. For the next day. For the next day or the next few days. Mm -hmm. So, so you're giving the company way more than the eight hours that they're getting. And yet they're going to come by your desk and, 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 and try to browbeat you into giving them more when it's not necessary without giving you any recognition for the fact that you show up on time every day, that you, um, you know, that you do the work that you maybe even Make suggestions to make things run better. Go ahead and try to make a suggestion. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead.
1: You want, just you- like what, what you said uh, when they, uh, when you just don't have time to do anything but prepare to go to work and everything's based around work, it's kind of like what they call being married to the job. And then things get to a certain point and then. Well, time for a divorce here. <laughs> I gotta go.
0: <laughs> well, all righty. Yeah. I'm done. I'm tapped out. Any more comments? All right.
2: All right. <laughs>
0: all right. I'm gonna ask you guys to hold on for a minute. Uh, I want to okay. talk to you, uh, real quick. Okay. And uh, I want to thank everybody. There, you can uh, contribute to the podcast. Um. If you go to our website or if you go to the YouTube uh, channel, uh, you can find information about how to contribute to the podcast. Uh, There is some equipment that we could use and and some assistance on doing some research, Uh, a few things that would help us make a program better for you, and we hope that you'll take advantage of that. I want to thank you very much for your time, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week that concludes this okay, episode guys. and thank you for listening so have you guys this been to the website is designed for live listener interaction visit the website the lionsdenstl.wixsite.com slash home for details about how to join the conversation the video version of altitude adjustment is available on youtube search for Lions Den STL, and the audio podcast is available on stitcher.com anchor.fm the iTunes store and the Google play music store to name a few look for altitude adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude adjustment 2 remember the internet is powered by your likes, shares and comments. So please like share and comment on this and other episodes because it matters as always be cool, be calm and above all, be careful, look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.